It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipit.tv. Welcome into the Super Bowl champion edition of the Counterpoint Podcast brought to you by BGN Radio, bgnradio.com, and bleedinggreennation.com, which, if it ever changes changes its header, uh, I think Brandon Lee Galton should just be fired into the sun. In my in my honest opinion, in my in my in my completely unbiased opinion, the header of said website that is the main cog behind this podcast can never change its header. That's the rules. Those are the rules now, and that's all I got to say about that. Um, the Eagles are world champions. The the <laughs> The Philadelphia Eagles are champions of the world. And for me, I don't even know if it's totally set in yet. Because it's been so long. It's been a it's been a uh, being an Eagles fan, it's not like being a Cubs fan where it's like, yeah, but we still got to go out and and you know, you know, drink beers on the porch and whatever and still enjoy a nice sunny ball game. This shit's been torturous, man. It's been a torturous life. As an Eagles fan, and it's over, it's all over. The best part about all of this is that now we can actually talk shit. You know, but back in the day, uh, before this whole Super Bowl, back in the day, of course, because it's been <laughs> it's been three days. But back in the day, when we weren't Super Bowl champions, and you would talk to teams or fans of other teams, they would eventually get to the point. Yeah, well, we have Super Bowl rings, and no matter how much you wish you could fight back, you just couldn't. Because playing the Super Bowl card was always the trump card. It was always the trump card to any football argument you got in, uh, no matter what. And that's over. We can talk shit. We can pull a chair up to that table. We can do it. It's all over. And that's what makes me the most happy, is that we can finally win arguments without just saying we're the most passionate, we've had the most heartbreak. It's over. We are now champions of the world. We are Super Bowl champions. It's real. Every day I wake up and I feel blessed. 
it was it was a, it was a heart wrenching game. It was a game of the ages. It turned into a Big Twelve football game out of nowhere. I'm glad I was I was I was listening to Merrill because honestly, winning this Super Bowl means so much to guys like Merrill and Ray Didinger, and I think that is so so cool. These guys have have followed this team since the beginning. Well, not the beginning. It was 1933. They're not they're not that old, but they followed this team for a long time. They bleed green just like all of us. They are disease to the umpteenth degree. And they got their championship. They got their championship. And I couldn't be happier for them. I couldn't be happier for them. I couldn't be happier for for all the the dads out there and the granddads out there. I know podcasts are generally for the younger crowd or the 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 older millennial crowd. But like you were thinking of your of your dad while watching this game, the guy that, that taught you about the Eagles that that, that you grew up uh, with this team with. Um, hearing the stories about you know uh, my dad's not gonna be able to get to see this. The, all, every single one of them made me feel emotional inside because of how special winning a Super Bowl is in the city of Philadelphia. I'm as big of a Sixers fan, Phillies fan, Flyers fan as there is. It's just different when the Eagles win. The Eagles, more than the other teams, are, are really like a family because, you know, it's sort of like that Sunday dinner. <laughs> Come over, hang out, watch the birds with family. And then the team... This team was probably the most the, the most likable team ever in football history. Throwing that out there. Why not? Uh, this team was so, so cool from the charitable efforts, from giving back, from the camaraderie, from the losing people but rallying around them. I mean, it's almost unprecedented. You see teams lose their quarterbacks, and they go to shit. And what did this team do? They rose above all of that. And, yes, trust tree. Completely wrong. <laughs> Completely wrong on, on on Nick Falls. I mean, the guy just put together probably ten of the greatest quarterback ten of the greatest quarterback quarters in Eagles playoff history. Nick Falls. And some of the best playoff quarterback quarters in the history of the entire sport. Nick Foles just did that. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. And I think it's a credit to him, but really, not to take anything away from Nick. But Doug Peterson and Frank Reich and John D. Filippo were unbelievable. Pressing the right things, doing the right play calls, getting getting Nick Foles back to being 2013 souped up version of Nick Foles. I mean, I, I, I can't say enough about him. I literally can't say enough about the, the job Doug Peterson did. Doug Peterson is a wizard. He's a wizard, and let's let's just check in on uh, on the Doug, and, and today in Doug Peterson has huge stones. Doug Peterson, a mere thirty minutes after Bill Belichick, whose teams are usually the most the most executed teams, the most well executed teams, uh, the teams that just execute at the highest level possible when they need to execute. After they weren't able to execute a pass to Tom Brady, Doug Peterson said, "Yeah, watch this." On fourth and one, on the goal line, heading into halftime, Doug Peterson whips out his huge-ass balls, slams them on the table, and said, hey, take this, Bill. Holy shit, do I love Doug Peterson. I love Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson is a dad. He is, (laughs) first off, he looks like everyone's dad. He dresses like everyone's dad. Oh, that was bad. Uh, he talks like everyone's dad. 
And man, did he coach his balls off on Sunday night. The fourth and one in the fourth quarter, the fourth and two in the fourth quarter to Zach Ertz. The guy pressed the right buttons all night, all playoffs, all season long, all year long. Doug Peterson destroyed the Doug Peterson confidence meter. The Doug Peterson confidence meter was broke heading into halftime. It was done. The guy showed up on the biggest stage of all, of all in the whole entire sport. The, 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 the thing that I can't get over is this team was fully prepared for everything. They were so confident in everything they were doing on the biggest stage in the sport. They didn't look nervous at all. I said before the game that I trusted Nick Foles in the spot more than I ever trusted Donovan McNabb. I said that. It was, the, it was a weird feeling. But I fully trusted him. I fully trusted him. I, tr- I fully trusted the coaches. And they executed. Was the defense great? No, it wasn't. But it's going against Tom Brady and Josh McDaniels. I mean, it, they're going to get theirs. They were always going to get theirs. But when they needed it the most, they stepped up and they got the job done. And uh, listen, we might as well go right back in the trust tree because I don't know about you, but I thought they were going to lose when Brady got the ball back with 220 left or whatever. Because we, we've all seen that story a thousand times. The greatest quarterback of all time with the greatest coach of all time come up with a clutch drive at the end of the game to, to win it for their team. We've all seen that before. We literally saw it last year in the Super Bowl. But guess what? Not this time. The Eagles ended that dynasty. They ended it. On a play, on a series, that Tom Brady usually comes through. He didn't come through. He didn't come through against our football team. Against our football team. I mean... What a what a masterful, masterful game called by Doug Peterson and executed by Nick Foles. I mean, they they were literally in the fourth quarter saying, hey, they, they can't stop us. And I felt the same way. That's why I was worried because I was worried we weren't going to get the ball back once once Brady had it. Because I, I, I felt as if they weren't going to stop us. That defense was dog shit. Everything we said leading up to the game, and you know, the national media is like shitting on all of you know Eagles fans saying they were going to win. Every Eagles fan... They called into our station last week that I interacted with on social media. Also the same thing, that we were going to win that game. And, and the national media laughed at us because it's like, well, come on. It's Bill Belichick and Tom Brady against Doug Peterson and, and Nick Foles. Come on. Come on. Little did they know that we knew this team matched up perfectly against, against Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. They had the front, front eight, front four that wouldn't get tired into the fourth quarter. And the Patriots couldn't touch Nick Foles. The Patriots have no pass rush. They are in, a, they are a, they are in trouble if they don't draft well. Because they don't have a pass rush. They can't protect Brady as well anymore. I mean, sure, you can get the ball out as fast as you want, but eventually that pass rush is going to get there, and eventually it got there on Sunday. The Eagles had the blueprint, and they executed that blueprint. They really did. And I was, uh, I was here at the station. It was, it was, everyone was so happy. Of course, I mean, if, if, you, didn't, if you didn't cry... I mean, if you didn't cry, like you're, I know you, I know everyone listening to this podcast is a diseased fan and I know you were crying. I know you were crying. I'm not even going to ask the question, but the city, the city right now is just so cool. And I know last week we talked about embracing the fakes and boy, did we embrace some fakes after they won? Because, you know, even, even me, I, I have, I'm, I only have awkward encounters with the Eagles fans. I was dishing out high fives on my way to center city. I was, I was hugging people. 
Didn't matter. It was pure jubilance. And I know a lot of you uh, are not from or not living around Philly anymore. You moved away or whatever. I just want to paint the picture of what the city was like on, on, on Sunday night and how it's been throughout the week. Because on Sunday night, it felt like the, it felt like the purge. Uh, it felt like there was no rules. Everyone could do whatever they want. I mean, I was walking up and down Broad Street with beers. It didn't matter. Uh, There's people. I saw a traffic light come down. Uh, I saw huge potted plants get tipped over. It didn't matter, though. I mean, we were all just happy to be there, and nothing was too crazy. I mean, the thought of destroying the city after winning a Super Bowl is a bit weird, and it felt like the purge, but I was never scared for my life or anything. It was was fine. I mean, it's how a city reacts when when they break a huge curse that we had. So um, it was beautiful, honestly. I, I thought it was beautiful. So that was the city on Sunday. You know, stayed up till way too late in the morning, to, but it didn't matter. Again, nothing matters. It's the Super Bowl. And and then throughout the week, the city is just jumping. I mean, everywhere you turn, there's people wearing Eagles gear. Um, you know, everyone just seems to have an extra pep in their step. Everyone's smiling more. It feels like a huge weight has been lifted off of our shoulders. A huge burden has been lifted off of our shoulders, and it's not even our shoulders that I'm thinking about as well. It's the it's the all the old players too, all the old players that couldn't get the job done. That weight has been lifted off of their shoulders as well, because the Eagles are a family. If you've listened, if you've listened to WIP at all during this week, and you've listened to former players talk about those teams back in the early 2000s, or talk about those 80s teams that couldn't get the job done, they still feel it. They still feel it to this day, and the Eagles. Winning on Sunday, let them all off the hook. And I know that sounds like super intense. Not, I don't want to seem like I was angry at them all the time, but in a way, it, it, it takes the monkey off of their back as well. And good for them. Now we can all just celebrate how much we love this team. We don't have to. We don't have to worry. Like the Donovan era. I mean, sure, we're gonna bring it up, but it's done. The Donovan era is over. The Andy Reid's, the Randy Reid era, it's done. The Chip Kelly era, it's done. If we didn't have the, if we didn't have the Chip Kelly era, we're not here today. <laughs> like, sure, those years sucked ass, but we're not here today without Chip Kelly completely ruining this entire team. Because because in reality, it, it brought this team even closer. It brought this team even closer, this organization even closer uh, to get to this point today. One of the coolest stories in sports. It, it really was. Um, like the city just has a. It has a different vibe about it. It is jumping. It is popping. Everywhere you walk, people are wearing Eagles gear. And I know that sucks because we're real fans and we're not fakes that just hopped on the bandwagon. But it's okay. It's really okay because I think this is only the beginning of something special. And before I got here, uh, I was just at the Eagles Pro Shop and uh, spent an obscene amount of money on, <laughs> on Eagles gear. Now, I did buy some for Jill. Jill is Jill's all in. <laughs> She's all in. Now, she's not giving out takes. She's just happy. She's jumping on the bandwagon. She's finally understanding. I'm starting, it's cool because I'm starting to explain why I'm this way, why the Eagles mean so much. And she's not completely shutting it down. So it's a win for me. It's cool. It's cool that everyone's just in. No matter what, we're just all in. So Eagles Pro Shop was packed, of course. Uh, and man, they must be making a shit ton of money because if I, if me, well, my little salary is dropping as much money as I just did, uh, they're probably doing pretty well with the big wigs, uh, as well, but <laughs> it doesn't matter. You, you, you may only Super Bowl once in your entire career. 
I Super Bowl today. I Super Bowl on Sunday. The parade is tomorrow. It's going to be an absolute nightmare getting around the city. But 4 million people. I want this to be the biggest parade in the history of the world. I don't want the Cubs beating us. Fuck the Cubs. I don't want that. I want the Eagles parade to be the greatest parade in the history of parades. And I think it's going to be a mostly jubilant affair. It really will be. Why wouldn't it be? There's not going to be street signs coming down. There's not going to be not going to be tearing down the city again. No, we got that all out. Now it's time to just celebrate with our team, with our our special special football team. This team is so so freaking cool. I can't get over it. I can't get over it. You know, Tory Smith gets back off the plane yesterday, and he's at the children's hospital. And then he's FaceTiming Carson with his poor kid, and the kid's just bawling his eyes out. I can't believe it. So buried in all this Super Bowl news, well, not buried in it, because it's, you know, it was only three days ago, uh, is that Carson Wentz, our son, our collective son, the guy that is going to lead us to a Super Bowl again, and before I get into what I'm going to get into, uh, actually got two points. First off, Nick Foles is not the starting quarterback of this team. I understand that he just won the Super Bowl, and it was great, and I will forever be indebted to Nick Foles. But Carson Wentz is still the starting quarterback of this football team. I mean, it's, it shouldn't even be a debate. Carson Wentz is our, our prodigal son, and even though he didn't lead us to the Super Bowl, we also don't get home field advantage without Carson Wentz. And I'm being honest, I don't think they win the Super Bowl if they don't have home field advantage because I think that that just led us to um, to new heights being at home, the whole underdogs thing, underdog masks at home. I think without Carson, they're not at home. Uh, and really, if you think about it, I think if, if Carson Wentz stays healthy, the defense was was hitting a little bit of a rough patch in the middle of the season. Um, the offensive line wasn't great there in the middle middle later half of the season. I think I almost I almost believe that if Carson Wentz Carson Wentz going out made everyone else step up their games to new heights. Every single player once Carson Wentz went out uh, stepped up their game to a degree that we didn't see when Carson was healthy. And I wonder I wonder if it was Carson Wentz insurance because they knew like oh we have Carson we can just like, we'll be fine he'll he'll figure it out and we'll win a ball game. This was a, a a total team effort, and I thought it was really cool that in the uh, the sign in the locker room was a man a, per, a person can make a difference, but a team makes a miracle, and that's exactly what this team was. This is the most team team I think I've ever remembered in sports. They were such a team; they didn't rely on one guy. It was literally all fifty three coming together and winning a championship. But anyway, Carson Wentz got engaged. And everyone was all like, oh, good for you. Like, that's so good to hear. And they're all just missing the point here. But guess who didn't miss the point? I didn't miss the point. Carson dropped to one knee with a full 90-degree bend. He had good flexion with that knee. That knee is healthy, baby. That's a big step. He's what, like 40 days after major knee surgery? And he's already at a a full flexion 90-degree angle? Carson's going to be ready, ready by week one. Come on, are you kidding? Are you kidding? Actually, I don't even need him ready for week one. He's going to be ready by week five. Miss a month. I'm good with it. Whatever. But, like, guys, guys, our franchise quarterback dropped to a knee and, and lived to talk about it. He's good. He's good. 
The full, the full 90 degree bend and no one was talking about it. Everyone's talking about this is Carson Wentz got engaged. Doesn't matter. Not happy for him, but the more the bigger story here is that yes, he had a full 90 degree bend on said knee. All right, let's check the mailbag because really I want to hear from you. I'm sure you don't really care about what I just say anymore. <laughs> I got that out early. Um, okay, so like I said last week, uh, I do want to come up with some kind of slogan to where if we see each other in the streets, we can come up and you know actually have a normal conversation about the Eagles. I don't, I don't know, I don't know what I what I want to do with the slogan just yet, but we'll see if anyone come up with or came up with any good ones. So uh, this is from George uh, Mikulski. So I have a question and also a slogan idea. So I told my fiance, soon to be wife, February 27th, uh, it's coming up, so you better get in shape, that I'm getting an Eagles tattoo if they win. So my question is, what style should I get? Thinking old style, full bird, or new logo with the Lombardi trophy next to it. Let me know what you think. See, I'm not a big tattoo guy. I think it's cool if you want to get a tattoo that they won. Um, I think I would go, I would go, I would go logo next to the Lombardi Trophy, and then maybe LL or L11. I think that that'd be a good way to do it. Get that all on there, so you, so you won't forget that. I think I think you gotta get the L11 on there, and don't I was it 52? <laughs> I'm not even gonna the Roman numerals. I don't care about your Roman numerals. It's L11 for me, and it should be L11 for all of you because we don't do math on this podcast. Um, also for the slogan, I'm thinking something like a paraphrase, like the current starting left guard. Or something obscure like that, so you can just memorize it one time. Always a member of the trust tree, George. So that's interesting. Like maybe not the starting left guard. Maybe like Dylan Gordon, or someone random like that. It's not a bad idea. We'll we'll, we'll continue working on it. Again, if you have any more ideas about a slogan. Send them to Counterpoint Mailbag at counter at gmail.com. Counterpoint Mailbag at gmail.com from james bray hey jack how the fuck are you well i'm pretty good the birds finally did it and we can shut all those dallas giant redskins fucktards up because we have a lombardi trophy now no more zero for us we have one and counting because we want it all with nikki fucking franchise you know carson is going to come back extra hungry hungry for a ring i promise to do my best to be taken be, to be a taken man by the time carson has a fully health, healthy acl uh, now for the slogan, my idea is diseased and green. Interesting. It's not a bad idea. Um, so, yeah, I meant to get to that earlier. Um, I think Carson is going to destroy the NFL when he comes back. Because now, now they got their first one. Now the team got their first one. And, yeah, they might start slow next year because they got their first one. They're coming off the championship high. And it's hard to get fully back into it right away. So I wouldn't be surprised if they start a little slow next year. It's kind of just how these things work. Um, but I do think once Carson comes back, it's going to be win it for Carson. It's going to be win it for Carson. Because Carson, like I said, was the main cog to this whole thing. And now it's going to be like, hey, we got to get this one for Carson, Jason Peters, Darren Sproles, if those two are back, which I think they will be. Uh, but, yeah, James, I completely agree with you. We have a Lombardi trophy. We can finally talk shit in those arguments. We have a chair at the table. From Justin Bradley. Hey, Jack, this is Justin again from Lancaster. See, I've always said Lancaster. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, Can can you believe this? No, I can't believe it. I'm still having trouble believing this is real. 
I followed your opinion about keeping my superstition for the Super Bowl, and that's obviously why they won. You're welcome. Honestly, Justin, you're welcome. Uh, my question is, what do you have to say to the people who question why fans say we won when we aren't actually on the team? Also, what position, what position do we pick at 32? Um, first off, fuck the people that say we won. Like, like, I think I started this whole podcast ranting about how the Eagles are our family. They are our family. We can say we. It's we. It's us. They're our team. The Eagles are more than just like that random team you root for. The Eagles are a family. You can say we, and anyone who disagrees with you, follow, tweet them at me, and I will get in their ass. Because it's ridiculous. How fucking dare you get on your high horse talking down to Eagles fans saying we won? I hate you, whoever is doing that. Uh, what position do we pick at 32? Here's my idea. Now, this might not work, but this is my idea in my head. Foles and the 32nd pick to get up to 15 to draft Roquan Smith with the Arizona Cardinals who need a quarterback and are a win-now team. How's that sound? Uh, but no matter what, no matter what, when the Eagles make their pick and they get on the clock, they are going to have to announce in Dallas that the world champion Philadelphia Eagles are on the clock, and I cannot wait to hear that. Also, Eric Allen is already talking shit to Drew Pearson. He said he didn't forget. So I, I, I am counting down the seconds until Eric Allen is up on that stage destroying Drew Pearson. Here we go. From Juan Gutierrez. An emergency. I'm counting on the trust tree here. I'm a diseased Eagles fan living in Miami. I had the option to fly up there uh, at 7 a.m. to arrive at 10 a.m., take the train to go to the parade, and then my flight would leave at 6.30. I'd only have a few hours in Philly. What do you say? Would it be worth it? Addition, the flight total will be $102. So Juan... Big problem is that all the train tickets I've seen are sold out around the area. They're all sold out. It's going to be a huge problem getting up to Philadelphia. I know you want to be here, and I know you want to fly in and then turn around and go home. But, man, it's going to be super tough. I would applaud you for doing it, but it's going to be expensive because the Ubers, I'm sure, are going to be through the roof. If you want to do it, do it. But, man, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. I think, that, I think the trains are, are mostly sold out just to begin with. Also, I should probably get back to him because he would have to leave tonight. So, yeah, I'm going to do that real quick, actually. Don't worry. I just emailed back Juan. So we'll see if he if he takes my advice, which he probably should because it's going to be tough to get here around the city, especially on a train, which I'm pretty sure they're sold out. So good luck, Juan. Uh, from Michael Glovna. I'm just going to say Glovna because that's what I feel like. Glovna, like Govna, because that's how I feel like saying it. Uh, Jack, it's Mike from Connecticut. Last week you answered my question about me going over my in-laws for the Super Bowl. Just an update. I did go over their house for the game. It was a great decision. I was screaming so loud I lost my voice. I got my revenge against my father-in-law for all these years of bashing our beloved Eagles. He can't say shit to me anymore, and it's great. Afterwards, I cried in happiness. I want to say thank you for your input. My question is, what was the atmosphere like down in Philly? Everyone here just talks about how crazy the fans are. I wish I was part of the celebration. Hope I meet you someday, Jack. Mike. Okay. So, uh, good decision on your part. In hindsight, hindsight is always always twenty twenty. But good decision. Um, I'm glad you got to talk shit to your to your father in law. Uh, that piece of shit, <laughs> because he keeps trying to to put the Patriots on your kids. Well, guess what? Uh, the most recent world champions are the Eagles. So you can take your five rings and shove it, father in law. I don't know. Um, I'm glad you cried in happiness, and you're welcome for my input. The the scene down here in Philly was awesome. And it's been awesome this entire week. Everyone's so happy. I know there's a lot of fakes around, but it's time to embrace the fakes. It's okay. 
We are all we are all Super Bowl champions. We are Super Bowl champions. That's all I gotta say. From Jack Cole. Uh, I'm on such a Super Bowl high right now that I forgot to eat breakfast yesterday. All day I could think about was the Eagles won the Super Bowl. I am not with you. I always make sure I eat all the time. So I, I did get my food in. I was on Twitter and I think I saw one of the best tweets ever in John Gruden voice. Nick Foles is like a clumsy cashier because he's dropping dimes everywhere. Also, I want to thank you for what's the line saying. I now have free trip to Disneyland. Yes. So Jack's dad has been actually betting my what's the line saying, which is like a little terrifying, but I had a pretty good year. I had a pretty strong year, and I think I nailed the Super Bowl. The line did not move. So the the big money early in the week, the Sharps that were betting on the Eagles, they actually did stay on the Eagles, and they didn't drop the line enough to where they get the Patriots at four and a half. They all believed in the Eagles, and the line was correct. Here we go. From Scott Maxwell. Explain what was going through your head when Brady threw that last pass in the air and when it hit the ground. Also, will you be doing counterpoints in the offseason, or will we have to wait until next year to go back into the trust tree? Uh, I'm definitely doing counterpoints throughout the offseason. Of course I am. Now, they're going to be <laughs> really dumb probably, and I don't know what I'm going to talk about. But I am going to be a Super Bowl champion doing it. So that's all I got to say about that. And secondly, here was, I was thinking about this question because I heard it before it happened on TV. So I already knew they won. So I was just basically watching the replay. But listening to Merrill call it before it all happened and then seeing it happen, I dropped to, I dropped to my knees and like was just laying my head on the table and immediately started crying. Uh, it, was, it was real. It was emotional. I had to make sure I didn't miss any commercials, so I made sure I was still had the headphones on. And then after that, I just, I, I just stood, I stood, butting my lip for like another hour, just standing there. I, I was, emo- I, I couldn't move. I was motionless. Uh, and, and unfortunately, I, I didn't really get the full reaction of seeing the Brady ball in the air because I heard it before it happened. But I'm not complaining because we won, um, and whatever. So we're good. Uh, Daniel Gonzalez. What's up, Jack? Dan from Texas here. First off, go Birds and F the Cowboys and their joke of a team. The Eagles winning the Super Bowl and living in Texas is what I think having my firstborn son would be like. JK, let's be honest, way better than my firstborn son. You're correct. Second off, Josh McDaniels backing out of the culture job to me is going to pull one of the coaches away from the Eagles staff. What are your thoughts on that? And how much and how much of a piece of shit is McDaniels for this move, especially if it affects the birds? Well, I think it's more uh, Bob Kraft fucking the Colts one more time because of the whole Deflate Gate thing that came out last night. But I am definitely worried. I did see a little bit ago that they're going to take away Frank Reich, which I would rather lose Frank Reich than John DeFilippo. But Frank Reich, I mean, I didn't realize all the stuff he did with third downs and and two minute offense and and that stuff. So Reich's definitely going to hurt. Um, so yeah, I mean it's gonna it's gonna because it I think it is gonna eventually take away one of the Eagles coaches, and I did see that DiFilippo is in in the running for the OC job in the Vikings. So this could hurt uh, for a little bit, but if if we lose assistant coaches, that means they are good coaches and they helped us win a Super Bowl. And I think Doug is smart enough, and I think this team is really smart enough to where they know how important having a good staff is. I, I do believe that. I think they, they understand the importance of a good staff and, and what a good staff brings. That is one of, I mean, Jeff Lurie literally keeps uh, a notebook next to his bed that he checks like once a month. And one of the things is, is about having a good staff if you want to build a, a, a dynastic team, which hopefully that's what we're heading towards here. Uh, which is funny because our next question is from Yusef Kassid. 
Um, are the Philadelphia Eagles becoming a dynasty? Also, what is your biggest concern for the front office during the offseason? Well, my biggest concern is always Joe Douglas because I think there's a direct correlation between uh, Joe Douglas showing up in this team, nailing in the draft and nailing the free agent class. And I mean, Daniel Jeremiah said after the Vikings game that the Eagles have the best scouting department in the entire league, and I think that a lot goes to Joe Douglas. So hopefully he stays. And he did um, he did say the other day he is he is staying. So we're all good there. I think we're I think the front office is going to stay intact, and I think we might lose a coach. But I'll be becoming a dynasty. I do think this is the beginning of a dynastic run here for this Eagles team. I really do. Because now we're getting Carson back. We're getting Sidney Jones back. We're getting another year of, of Derek Barnett maturing, another year of Rasul Douglas uh, maturing. All these young guys are going to step into bigger roles. 20 of 22 starters are under contract next season. Then we have a whole entire draft this year with a Nick Foles trade, which should be able to net us something pretty good right now. I mean, the Eagles don't have a second or third round pick right now. I, I mean, sure, I'm all for the sentimental value of keeping Nick Foles around, but if it can help us get a second or third round pick and, and, and add to this team, getting a franchise MVP level quarterback back, I mean, it's it's nasty. It's going to be nasty. Now, they might start slow next year, but I think once they get this thing rolling, they'll be fine. Um, from my friend, uh, Nick Miller, is Nick Foles elite? Uh, let me ask you one thing. Does he have a Super Bowl ring? Yes, he does. Does it make him elite? Yes, it does. We all know that. That's 100% the case. Look at Joe Flacco. Uh, from at gangreen43, is this real life? I'm not sure if it's real life. It is raining like it's not real life outside right now. And thank God the parade wasn't today because if it was, holy crap, it'd be horrible. Um, I'm still not sure this is real life. Uh, from Neil Dutton, my work... <laughs> My work have told me I must cease wearing my dog mask or face dismissal. Can you get me a new job? <laughs> yeah, I can get you a new job. Fly to the States, move here, fly, fly to the city. Come on, Neil. I know you want to celebrate with all of us. Come on home. Come on home, Neil. You'll be the only pure Philadelphian with a pure British accent. Come on home. We'll get you a new job. Screw your old job. Move to the city. Move to the city that raised you. Just kidding. We didn't raise you, but that's okay. So that is going to do it for the counterpoint podcast of the regular season and the Super Bowl run. Uh, I just want to thank you guys so much for, for listening throughout the entire season. I know we had some rough patches in the trust tree and I know, um, I know I said some things I, I definitely regret. Like this wouldn't mean as much without Carson Wentz. Definitely regret that one. That was a bad take on my part. But I was in a dark spot. I was in a dark spot. Come on. I think we were all in dark spots after Carson. I'm being honest. We were all in dark spots. It took me 35 days to get over Carson. This team is special. This team is awesome. I love everyone on this team. I love every one of you that have listened to the CounterPoint podcast and interacted with me. I think that is so cool, and I can't believe it's real. But I love it, and thank you so much for listening throughout the entire season. I'll probably be back next week because I don't know what else I'm going to do. Um, but But... Thank you for listening throughout the entire season. It means a bunch to me. I can't believe this is real that people actually listen to this podcast. But uh, hopefully we can get some Trust Tree merchandise. And hopefully, hopefully we can get a good slope. But that's going to do it for this week. The Super Bowl champion edition of the Counterpoint Podcast. What, your second record, and it's the song you wrote.